0: Amen and amen. Well, as you know, we're in a series this month leading up to Christmas called It's a Wonderful Life. You may have heard of that before. Last week, we looked at uh, the right focus as believers. Our focus, as we looked at Simeon, should be on expectation and adoration and proclamation. And this week, we're looking at the right fortitude. That is to keep moving forward in difficult situations, to have the right Fortitude. And we've been looking at some clips from uh, the movie It's a Wonderful Life. Uh, If you've never seen the movie, which I think it's almost sinful if you haven't personally, uh, but uh, George Bailey wants to get out of Bedford Falls, as you may know. He wants to see the world, nothing to tie him down, including his father's business, which is the building and loan. The building and loan is the only place in Bedford Falls where the folks can go for loans and savings without giving in to that old ruthless rich man, Potter, who owns the bank and also most of the town. But even though George doesn't want to have much to do with that any longer, his father dies unexpectedly, his kid brother comes back into town from college, a married man, and so George finds himself tied to the old building and loan. But he makes the best of it. Even marries gir- a girl that he'd known his whole life by the name of Mary. So as we look at a little, just a little clip today, we're going to look at that, see what happens here. George and Mary have just gotten married. Uh, they've saved up somehow close to $2,000. Uh, they're going on a honeymoon, and they're finally going to get out of Bedford Falls and just go see the world. George thinks that uh, here's his time to get out of town and finally see things. He knows he's got to come back, but at least... He's getting out of town, but on the way out of town, there's a run on the bank. Panic sets in among the people in town and people want to get their money out of the bank and out of the building and loan. And George now, even though he's on the road headed out of town uh, on his honeymoon, he has the car stopped and he gets out and he runs to the building and loan and he has to persuade the customers not to panic in this difficult situation. But the people want their money. So let's look at this real quick video.
1: Uh, just remember that this thing isn't as black as it appeared. I have some news for you, folks. I was just talking to old man Potter, and he's guaranteed cash payments to the bank. The bank's going to reopen next week. But, George, I got my money here. Did he guarantee this place? Well, no, Charlie. I didn't even ask him. We don't need Potter over here. Then I'll take mine now. No, but you're, you're you're thinking of this place all wrong, as if I had the money back in a safe. The, the money's not here. Well, your money's in Joe's house. That's right next to yours. And in the Kennedy house and Mrs. Maitland's house and, and a hundred others. Uh, You're lending them the money to build, and then they're going to pay it back to you as best they can. Now, what are you going to do, foreclose on them? I got $242 in here, and $242 isn't going to break anybody. Okay, Tom. All right. Here you are. You sign this. You get your money in 60 days. 60 days? Well, now, that's what you agreed to when you bought your shares, Tom. Tom, did you get your money? No. Well, I did. Old Man Potter will pay fifty cents on the dollar for every share you've got. 50, fifty cents on the dollar. Yes, cash. Well, what do you say? Now, Tom, you have to stick to your original agreement. Now, give us sixty days on this. Okay, night. Randall. Are you going to Potter's? Better to get half than nothing. Tom, Tom, Randall, Now, Randall, wait, wait. Now listen. Now listen.
0: Well, they don't leave. Uh, they come back and uh, he jumps across the counter and uh, she says she's got $2,000 that they're going to give away uh, to give to those people as a a loan to those folks. So as we look at that uh, and see what happens here, sometimes we find ourselves in difficult situations, even during the holidays. And sometimes it comes at quite inconvenient times, even as George and Mary here are on their way out Uh, To go on their honeymoon to see the world. And so, as we think about that, but also, what can we learn? Today from God's word to help us when we find ourselves in difficult situations. Well, today we're going to see a passage that we looked at actually last Christmas uh, when we talked a little bit about worry. But we're going to look at that passage again in Matthew chapter 1 verses 18 through 25 and see how to handle a difficult situation and to have the right Fortitude. So, in honor and reverence to the word of God, if you would please stand as I read for you this familiar passage of Scripture Matthew 1, verses 18 through 25. It says, Now the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows. After his mother, Mary, was betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Spirit. And then Joseph, her husband, being a just man, not wanting to make her a public example, was minded to put her away secretly. But while he thought about these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take to you Mary, your wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit, and she will bring forth a son, and you Shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. And so all this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the Lord through the prophet, saying, Behold, the virgin shall be with child and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is translated God with us. And then Joseph, being aroused from sleep, did as the angel of the Lord commanded him, took to him his wife, and did not know her until she had brought forth her firstborn son, and he called his name Jesus. Let's pray. Father, thank you for the reading of the word this morning. We pray, Lord, that you would speak to us uh, through your word today by the power of your Holy Spirit, Lord, that we may understand how we're to handle difficult situations, praising you for the answer in Jesus, but also looking to Joseph here as a a great example of how you worked in his life. And so, Lord, we pray now that if there are those here today who need to hear a fresh word from you about maybe some difficult situation they're facing, Lord, may this be that, that time of refreshing in their hearts as you speak to them and us as well and we pray father that you'd be of those who may not know you that this would be the time of salvation through the power of your word but lord we pray now that you'd guide and direct all that we say and do we pray father that the words of my mouth the meditation of my heart would be acceptable in your sight O lord my rock and my redeemer for it's in jesus name we pray amen thank you you may be seated well you see in your bulletin that the outline is there And uh, what we want to do is uh, fill those blanks out as we move along here. But we see first off that Joseph finds out that Mary, his betrothed, is expecting a child. And as we know the story, it's not his. And she is a virgin. So he now, Joseph, is in a very difficult situation in his mind. What is he to do? Is he to make a spectacle of her to save his own reputation? Or is he to divorce her secretly out of compassion for her? Or does he simply just walk away? But God has plans for Joseph and Mary. What is happening is bigger than what Joseph is thinking. What is happening here is bigger than what Joseph is thinking. And so we can learn some things here for when we face difficult situations in life, such as when we receive that unexpected phone call, such as when we have that wayward child, such as when the situation at work is difficult or the conversation takes a bad turn at the Christmas table. These are difficult situations. So what happened then in this event that can help us as God's people. What can we take away from the example of Joseph? And we see the outline there. And the first thing that we need to take away is that we must stop and ponder. Stop and ponder. Look at verses 19 and 20 again. Joseph, her husband being a just man and not wanting to make her a public example, was minded to put her away secretly. But while he thought about These things. Let's just pause right there. While he thought about these things. In other words, he stopped and he pondered. Now, what was it that he was pondering? Well, he was pondering what he needed to do in this situation. It would have certainly have been justifiable in his eyes to divorce her because it seemed at this point that she was guilty of, of adultery. But desiring to show her compassion, not wanting to put her away or put her through an ordeal, he was leaning toward divorcing her secretly. So and all of these things, all these uh, going through his mind and, and in his heart, he stops and he ponders and he likely prays. Well, how can you say that, Pastor? Well, in verse 19, it tells us here that he was a just man. And in the scripture, when it talks about a person being a just man, that means that he was a man of prayer and wanted to do what was right in the sight of God. So he stopped and he pondered. Now friends, here's the the thing. In difficult situations, we can learn something here. In difficult situations, let us stop and ponder. Let us stop because we don't want to act rashly. Don't have a knee-jerk reaction in your difficult situations. Don't fly off the handle. Don't say things that you shouldn't. Because, friends, I don't know about you, but every time that we say things that we shouldn't, there is a sense of regret almost moments after we say those things. Amen? And if you don't have that sense of regret, friends, maybe you need to check your heart. Stop and ponder. And ponder here means to pray. And pray asking, what should I do? Seek the Lord and wait on him. The psalmist says in Psalm 25, verses four and five, he knows what he's supposed to do here. He says, show me your ways, O Lord. Teach me your paths. Lead me in your truth and teach me. For you are the God of my salvation and on you I wait all the day. Stop and ponder while praying. But pastor, I, I, I don't wanna wait on the Lord. Pa- pastor, I wanna fix it myself and I wanna fix it right now. And I wanna tell those people exactly what I think while they're sitting at my table. And I wanna show them that I'm right and I can prove that I'm right. Oh, friend, in difficult situations, we can learn something here from Joseph. Stop and ponder and pray for what we should do. Why? Why? Why should we do that? Because, friends, more than likely, if we jump too quickly, more than likely, we will mess it up. Amen? We we will. I mean, that's the human nature, and we don't. Amen? You can never go wrong by seeking the Lord's wisdom and his ways. Well, why is that? Well, it's because he is God and we're not, because he knows and we don't. Amen? Amen? Friends, someone once said, who has ever cast his cares upon God in sincere prayer and found him to fail? That's so true. Having the right fortitude, friends, is to keep moving forward, to stop and ponder the right direction to go as we face those difficult situations or indeed those difficult people sometimes. Secondly, we see not only stop and ponder, but see the purpose See the purpose. Look at verse 20 again and verse 21 also. But while he, Joseph, thought about these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take to you Mary, your wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. And you will bring forth, she will bring forth a son and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. You see, God reveals through the angel to Joseph that there is a purpose for this difficult situation. Joseph is in the midst of a very difficult time in his mind. He's wrestling with this in his heart. But the Lord is through the angel is delivering this message to him that there is a purpose to what he is facing in this difficult situation. And here is the purpose, Jesus. That's the purpose, Joseph, here's the purpose of this difficulty that you're facing right now. His name is Jesus, and he will save his people from their sins. Friends, what we need to understand is as we face difficult situations at the holidays and throughout the year, and sometimes in most inconvenient times and places, that every season, every struggle, every situation has a purpose, God may not be the author of the struggle, but he would be the allower of the struggle. He uses, listen, he uses all things for a purpose. And his ultimate purpose, what is God's ultimate purpose? Well, it's Jesus. That is his purpose. His purpose is always for his glory. And as we go through difficult situations, we must realize that the Lord will use this to bring glory and honor to himself. Sometimes he uses our difficult situations to point people to Jesus through our lives as he shows how he is our truth and our savior and our satisfaction and our strength in the midst of those struggles. You say, well, that's great, pastor, but how does my struggle with my teenager how does that serve a purpose that points to Jesus? Or how does my car not starting this morning point to Jesus? Or how does my locking my keys in my car, how does, that, how does that serve a purpose that points to Jesus? Well, that's a very valid question. What You might ask, what is God doing in my struggle that points to Jesus? Well, friends, here's something that we must never, ever forget. And that is this that God loves you more than you can even begin to fathom. In the midst of your struggle, whatever that is, whatever your difficult situation that you find yourself in, remember this and never forget that God loves you more than you can even begin to comprehend or fathom. And because of that, he is constantly transforming your heart to be more like him. So he desires for you to be conformed to his image. If it takes that your keys got locked in your car and you've got to deal with that, or if it takes your children or giving you a fit, or if it takes whatever the case may be, friends, know that in the midst of that struggle, his glory is his main purpose and he is constantly transforming you and me so that we will be more like him in all that we say and do. Amen? That's the purpose here. As a matter of fact, in Romans 8, verse 28 and 29, it tells us, and we know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his what? purpose. And then the next verse goes further that says, for whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son. So he is conforming us and transforming us to be more like him, shaping and molding our hearts and our lives. God God is always at work in and around you, my friends. He is always at work in our lives. God did not just say, you know what? Let me just drop these folks right here and you, you just do the best you can. That's not what he did. God loves you more than you can fathom and he is constantly transforming and conforming you to be more like Jesus. Friends, it's a wonderful life with the right fortitude, even in difficult situations. When we find ourselves in those difficult situations, let's be like Joseph and stop and ponder instead of acting rashly, but also see the purpose that in the midst of all of this, that Jesus will be glorified in you and through you. But then thirdly, also we see this, that we are to seize the promise. Seize the promise. There are a couple promises found in our scripture today. The first one we find in verse 20, where he tells the angel says to Joseph, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. In other words, the angel, the Lord is telling Joseph through the angel, you can trust me. You can trust me in the midst of this. I know what I am doing. Now, I don't know about you, friends, but isn't it comforting to know that we have a God that we can trust, that we don't need to be afraid because our God knows what he's doing, amen? He knows what he's doing in the midst of our struggle, in the midst of our situations, whatever it is that we may be facing. And so the, one of the promises here that we see here that Joseph has is do not be afraid. But the other one is found in verses 22 and 23 where it says, so all this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the Lord through the prophet saying, behold, the virgin shall be with child and bear a son and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is translated God." with us. We see this promise from the prophets concerning this child that this child is Jesus. This child is Emmanuel. This child is the is God incarnate. It is God in the flesh. He is God with us. You see, friends, when there are struggles, when there are different situations, we are to stop and we are to ponder. We are to see the purpose that he's at work, that Jesus is to be glorified. And we are to seize the promise that we can trust him and not be afraid because he is God with us. And God loved us enough to enter into our world. And this is him. Friends, when we know what it's like, all of us here know what it's like to go through difficult situations. No one's immune from difficulty. No one's immune from trials and tribulations and struggles. We know what that feels like. It feels like we're not in control. It feels like being washed out to sea. It feels like We can't get a foothold, we can't get a grasp. We we don't know where the end is in this. And so during those times, like Joseph, we need something to clutch. We need something to grab. We need something to anchor. And Joseph had the promise, don't be afraid. This is God with us. And friends, listen, we have the same promise. When we feel as if we are being washed out to sea, I've got good news for you today. We have an anchor. In Hebrews chapter six, verse 19 and 20, it says, this hope we have as an anchor of the soul, both sure and steadfast, and which enters the presence behind the veil where the forerunner has entered for us, even Jesus. We have an anchor, my friends. So, I don't know what you might be going through in your life, but maybe as you're feeling like maybe you're being washed out to sea, friends, why not just wrap that rope around your waist and and cast that rope that's got the anchor hold on, hold on to it out there and know that you have an anchor that you can hold on to. And His name is Jesus Christ. Amen. Friends, we can't when we feel like that we can't get a foothold and and we just need that solid foundation to deal with the situation that we're facing. Matthew 7, 24 and 25 tells us this. Therefore, Jesus said, therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, I will liken him to a wise man who built his house on the rock and the rain descended, and the floods came and the winds blew and beat on that house and it did not fall for it was founded on the rock. You see, friends, we have the promise that we have Jesus. And he is that rock that we can hold on to. He is that rock that we can have that solid foundation that helps us when we in the midst of difficult situations, we have a rock and his name is Jesus. In difficult situations, friends, it is still a wonderful life. We stop and ponder. We're to see the purpose that is Jesus is to be glorified and we're to seize the promise to not be afraid because we can trust the Lord and his word and his promises are true. And then fourthly, we come to our fourth point. Now, if you've ever been to the dentist or doctor and uh, you go to the dentist and you got to get a tooth that needs to be filled or root canal or something, and you go to the doctor and they've got to give you a shot, they always say the same thing. Now, this is going to hurt just a little bit, but it really is for your own good. You ever been there? Well, this last point, this is going to hurt just a little bit but it really is for our own good. And here's the last point. We must surrender the pride. We must surrender the pride. Look at verses 24 and 25. Then Joseph being aroused from sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him, took to him his wife and did not know her till she brought forth her firstborn son. He called his name Jesus. As we look here at the example of Joseph, in this very difficult situation which he's in, we find that he heard from the Lord, he obeyed what the Lord wanted him to do, and he did, as the Bible says, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He surrendered, listen, he surrendered any and all pride, and he followed the will and the way of the Lord. Say, well, what are you talking about, pastor? Well, listen, friends, pride would have said, I don't care what happens to Mary. I want out of this thing. Pride would have said, I don't want to hear people's snide remarks. I don't want to see their odd looks. I don't want to hear their scorn, their ridicule. Let Mary deal with this herself. She got herself into this. Let her deal with it. Pride would also have said, I don't deserve this. I've kept the law. I've prayed. I'm a good guy. I should not have to deal with this. But, old friends, that was not Joseph, was it? The Lord spoke through an angel He let him see the purpose of Jesus, gave him the promise that he could trust him. And so Joseph set aside any and all pride and he obeyed the Lord. Joseph then was willing to take any scorn, willing to take any ridicule and take Mary as his wife. He selflessly surrendered himself and placed himself in the hand of God and said, Lord, I trust you. I obey you in this. Yeah, preacher, in difficult situations sometimes, and I, and I know I'm right, I just got to tell people I'm right. When, when there's conversations and it moves in a bad direction, I just got to set my foot down, let people know the direction we need to go. And, um, you're talking about Joseph here, that's, that's Joseph. Joseph could surrender his pride, I'm not sure that I can do that. Well, then we look at our clip today also. Remember George and and Mary, how they, they had that selfless act. They surrendered themselves and all that they had to save the business as they surrendered their money basically to those people. But preacher, that's not real life. Well, that's true, it's not. But friends, what we do know is true is this, is that we're reminded that this same baby, Jesus, in a selfless act, would surrender himself to a cross all in order to save us. Jesus surrendered everything for us. So we must be willing then to surrender all of our pride as well. Matter of fact, in Philippians chapter two, verses five through eight tells us this. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Well, what was it? What was in his mind that needs to be in us? Well, it goes further and he says, who being in the form of God did not consider robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a bond servant and coming in the likeness of men and being found in appearance as a man. Watch this. He humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even the death of, of the cross. Friends, let us surrender our pride to the Lord because he surrendered himself for us on a cross. Amen. A couple of to-dos that we need to do. The first one is this, settle it in your heart. That's just an old saying that I like to say sometimes. <clears throat> Settle it in your heart. Settle it in your heart beforehand on how you will deal with difficult situations. Think in your heart even now how you're going to handle the difficult situations when they come. Because surely difficult situations will come in all of our lives. Amen. You know, sometimes it's, we know that when we have our Christmas dinner, that crazy Uncle Bocephus is going to be there. All right. And he's surely gonna say what he always says and it's gonna get everybody riled up. I just know it. You know what I'm talking about? Am I the only one who has a crazy Uncle Bosephus? And before you face those difficult situations, maybe it's not the crazy uncle, maybe it's something else in your life, but even today, friends, settle it in your heart beforehand how you're gonna deal with that difficult situation. And how you settle it in your heart is what we've said already, is when that time comes, don't act too quick, don't have a knee-jerk reaction, no rash words or actions, but stop and ponder. Pray and ask the Lord, okay, Lord, which direction do I need to go? What do I need to say? How am I supposed to say this? How am I not supposed to say this? Stop and ponder. Pray. And then see the purpose. As you face the situation, whatever the difficulty may be, see and remember that in this situation, in your own life, that the Lord is transforming your heart to be more like Jesus. That's his purpose, that he is glorified, and he's going to be glorified through you as he changes and transforms your heart. See that purpose and then seize the promise. Settle it in your heart and seize the promise knowing that as you go through the difficulty that you can trust the Lord and not be afraid because he's there. The second thing that you need to do is surrender the pride. Friends, this is so difficult, isn't it? We so desperately want to be right all the time. We so desperately want to make sure that our views are known, our opinions are out there so that everybody will know that we've got all the answers. Surrender the pride. You know, as I think about surrender, I can't help but to think about waving a white flag. In your own mind, friend, as you face the difficulty in your life, in your mind, write your name upon that white flag and come before the throne and say, Lord, here it is. I surrender my pride to you. Lord, I give up myself to you. I give up the throne of my life. I give up the thoughts of my way. I give up the things that I want. I give up my thirst for getting the win and I give up my thrust of me, myself, and I. And Lord, I do that because you are God and I want to follow you and I want to be more like you. So settle it in your heart and surrender the pride. I hope that that's all of us today. But friends, if it's not, it begins with a step of faith. Because in reality, you can do none of this without the power of God in your life. Only he can help you to be the person he wants you to be. And he has done so and he will do so as he begins to transform your life and change your heart through salvation. If you've never trusted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior of your life, you can know Jesus Christ today with a step of faith, knowing that he is our Savior that we're all sinners and we need him to save us. We need to turn from our sin and turn to Jesus Christ, which is repentance, saying we're sorry for what we have done and having real regret for our sin and embracing, believing with all of our heart that Jesus is God's son who died on the cross and rose again bodily from the grave and professing him as the Lord and Savior of our lives. For whoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. It's a step of faith, one step, all encompassed together where you trust him as Savior and Lord. It begins with that. And friends, maybe you're here today and you know the Lord Jesus as Savior of your life. Will you settle your situations in your heart this morning? Before you leave today, before you have a conversation with anybody else today, will you settle it in your heart as to how you're going to handle every difficult situation? And will you surrender your pride? Because friends, listen, listen, It really is a wonderful life when Jesus is the Lord, when we have the right focus, but also when we have the right fortitude even in those difficult situations of life. Amen? Let's pray. Father, help us to be obedient to you. Help us to be faithful to you. Help us to follow you. Help us to hear your voice. Lord, may you have your way in us and through us today. Lord, as we come to this moment, as we come to this time of invitation, Lord, may you have your way in our hearts and our lives, Lord. We know that there will be difficulties that we will face. Help us, Lord, at this moment to settle it in our heart and to surrender the prides. Lord, we pray that you'd guide us and direct us, Lord, to be obedient to you. Maybe there are areas in our lives, Father, even this morning that we need to surrender to you today. We pray, Lord, that we'd be open and receptive to what your spirit is doing in our lives. And Father, we pray that especially if there are those here today who don't know you, that this will be that moment of salvation, that they'll be willing to come forward in just a moment as we sing and take Pastor Andy by the hand or myself and just say, I want to know Jesus as Savior of my life. And they can pray and come to know you today. Father, we thank you for that. We pray, Father, also for those of us, Lord, who may be facing difficulties or who know that we're not facing any right now, but we know that they eventually will come that we will begin even now to say, Lord, I want to be more like you. I want you to transform and conform me into your image. But I want to begin by saying, Lord, help me to be settled in this and help me to surrender all my pride to you because you have surrendered your all for me on the cross of Calvary. And so Lord, we praise you for that. May we always be reminded of what you've done. So, Lord, now be with us as as we come to this invitation for those who need to recommit their lives to you. Maybe folks who just need to come and pray, surrendering something. Maybe they just need to pray silently or, or pray with Pastor Andy or myself. Father, we pray that you would have your way in our hearts to be the people of God you've called us to be, not only at Christmas, not only around the Christmas table, but all year long for your glory. For it's in Jesus' name we pray.